Yemiyahu chapter 11. Hadavar Asher Hayyahu Yemiyahu Me'et Hashem Remar. The word which came to Yemiyahu from God. And the word is Shimu at the Vrei Habrit Hazot. Vidibartem el Ishi Huda Yerushalayim. Here are the terms of the covenant. God speaks to Yemiyahu and speak to the people of Yehuda and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Cursed be the one who does not obey the terms of this covenant. These are the words, says God to your Mio, that I spoke, I commanded your ancestors at the time I took them out of Egypt. From the iron crucible, Kura Barzel, and do as I command you. And if you do as I command you, you'll be my people. I will be for you a God. In order to fulfill the covenant, the oath, actually, the oath that I swore to their ancestors, and I swore to give them a land flowing with milk and honey, as is now the case. And I responded, Yermio says about himself, I said, Amen. You are to read to them the covenant. The question is, to what covenant are these verses referring to? Now, the fact that there is a covenant, actually, and the Torah has more than one covenant. The promise made to Abraham in Greshi, chapter 15, the covenant of the pieces. The standing at Mount Sinai, the tablets are the tablets of the covenant. And the book of Devarim, towards the end of the book, Eilu Devrei Habrit, the admonition of chapter 28 is part and parcel of a covenant made between God and the people in the plains of Moab. Those are three covenants. But what covenant is this referring to? And it's interesting, later on in Yermiyahu, it speaks of another covenant. It speaks of the freeing of the slaves. We know that at the time of Yoshiyahu, that the he had told the people not to uh, keep their slaves forever, but at the end of six years to free their slaves, and they do so. They actually free the slaves, and then they um, backtrack, and they take the slaves back again, at which point the prophet reprimands them for uh, violating the covenant. So we'll, when we get to that chapter, we'll talk about what covenant that refers to, but over here, what is the covenant? So on one hand, in chapter 11, cursed is the one who doesn't obey the covenant. That sounds like it's referring to the covenant as described at the end of the book of Devarim. We have a whole set of curses. There's the blessing and the curse. And even the language over here that I commanded you when I took you out of Kur HaBarzel, the iron crucible, Reference to Mitzrayim, to Egypt, as the Iron Crucible, that's a term that we find in the book of Dvarim. That's a Deuteronomic term. 
So one could say that what's being referred to over here is the covenant as expressed in the book of Devarim, and that would work very well if we assume that the book that's found in the temple at the time of Yoshiahu is actually the book of Devarim, and the book of Devarim is all about what will happen if you violate the covenant and the various consequences of violation of the covenant, and we know that Yirmiyo and Sefer Devarim are very closely connected. So that's a possibility. The other possibility is that it refers to a covenant that is prior to the one which is explicated at the end of the Torah. Here it says, chapter 11, it talks about the covenant that I made with you in verse number 4, when I, when I took you out of Egypt. So the covenant of Devarim is much later. That's the end of the 40 years. So what does when I took you out of Egypt refer to? It could refer to the giving of the Torah. After all, when the Torah is given, and the tablets, as I mentioned before, the tablets of the covenant, there prior to the receiving of the Torah in chapter 19, when God speaks to Moshe in the book of Shemot, the book of Exodus, chapter 19, it speaks about God bringing us to Sinai and eagle's wings. I brought the people to me, says God to Moshe, tell the people this. And the idea there is that this is a covenant, Shvatebet Briti, if you keep my covenant, you'd be a special nation unto me. Skulami kol hamim, li kol you'll be unto me a holy nation, a nation of priests. Perhaps that's what the covenant refers to, the covenant of Sinai. That is certainly a possibility. But actually, what I wanted to point out is that the language in Yermio, chapter 11, actually recalls another set of verses, one that we encounter when Israel is still in Egypt prior to their leaving. And that's the set of verses in the book of Exodus in chapter 6. Moshe has been sent to Egypt to take the people out of Mitzrayim. And he has difficulty at first. Paro, instead of improving the lot of the people, makes it worse, imposes on them more difficulties. And the elders of Israel complain to Moshe, what have you done? You've given him a pretext to harm us, to kill us. Moshe goes back and complains. And then we have a set of verses in chapter 6. God says to Moshe, tell the people I am the Lord. I am the Lord who appeared unto Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and made a covenant with them. I made a covenant with them. And my covenant involves securing the land, the land of their sojournings. And I have heard the cries of Israel. I remember my covenant. So here we have an explicit statement that God remembers the covenant that God made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And this covenant that God made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the continuation of that chapter, in chapter 6, verse number 8, 
I will bring you into the land. I raised my hand. Raising one's hand is often connected to swearing. As we have in the court, raise your right hand and swear, right? So it's, it's the land that I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So say unto Israel, I remember my covenant, and say to them, in verse number 6 of chapter 6 of the book of Exodus, among of the Ani Hashem, tell them, I am the Lord. I will take you out of the difficulties of Egypt. I will save you from the hard work. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm, with extraordinary chastisements. I will take you as my people, and I will be for you a God. And you will know See, here we have expressly mentioned in the Torah, I remember the promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I remember the oath. I'm going to take you out. But the purpose of all that, the purpose of the, the saving, the purpose of the taking out, taking and the saving, is I will be unto you a God, and you will be my people. I will be for you a God is understood by the Torah later and by our chapter. I will be for you a God is not just a benefit but also an obligation. I will be for you a God, no other gods. You are my people. Which means you have my protection and my care but also the responsibility. And that perhaps is what Yirmiyahu refers to uh, in chapter 11, in our chapter, when I spoke, when I took you out of Egypt. This is just before they leave, it's in chapter 6, and it spells out the terms. On one hand, God will keep God's promises, God will keep God's oath, and on the other hand, that imposes upon us a responsibility, and it's quite conceivable that the way our chapter works is that this was the statement made in the beginning of the Exodus, the beginning of our history. And then later on, the promise of chapter 6 becomes embellished and perhaps illuminated as we travel through the desert. It becomes not just you have a responsibility, but if you don't keep the responsibility, we have all the curses and the imprecations and the negative results of not keeping the covenant. So that's what we have actually in chapter 11. And your meal is to read the people the covenant because the covenant requires constant reminders. It's not a new covenant, but we have to remind ourselves of our past and of our obligations that we assumed in the past and therefore the obligations that we have in the present. And your meal, when he's told to do this in chapter 11, he says, Amen. Amen is his acceptance of. God's word. Amen is often found in conjunction with oaths. People say Amen. People say Amen to the blessings and the curses. So Yermiel in chapter 11, one might say, is acting out what the people are supposed to do. Of course, he's informed by God in chapter 11 that the people, in fact, have violated the covenants, and God doesn't uh, seem to think optimistically about changing the future either. So that, of course, is 
part and parcel of the book of Yirmiyahu, but that is, in effect, the first half of chapter 11. The people are not going to, you're going to read it to them, but they're not going to listen. And Yirmiyahu is then given this thankless task of reminding the people of their responsibilities at the same time being told that at least in the short term, the chance of success that his that his uh, reminders will have a positive effect are very minimal.